Hey everybody, how's it going today? Good to see you. And we're glad that you're here this morning. We're going over in our Bibles to the New Testament to 2 Corinthians this morning. And I see out there that we have had uh, some survivors of uh, Photo Directory Week here at Centennial. And uh, it looks like from the crowd that we had some who did not survive. Okay, <laughs> we lost 30 or 40 people in the process of our photo directory. Thank you for being patient this week and, and muddling through as we got our photo directory done. And uh, I know it was hard work to go through that process, and I do appreciate it. We're in 2 Corinthians this morning, and this is, I believe, our most important uh, Sunday of the year. And I believe that this is the Sunday of the year that Satan fights the very most people coming to church, that Satan tries to give people an out of coming to church on this very Sunday because it's Mission Sunday. And it's the day we determine as a congregation of people what it is that we're going to do about global evangelization for the next 12 months. And, and so I hope that uh, today you've come with a heart for God and a heart for worship. And uh, here we go into the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 this morning. And yeah, that's going to be our hub for this morning as we get started. I'm going to read three verses there in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, in verse 6 is where I'll start. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. And we're in a series called All the World. Last week we talked about individual evangelism. Today we're going to talk about investing in eternity. The notes are provided in your bulletin this morning. And I hope you'll follow along with us, and let's pray as we get started. Father, thank you that we could be here this morning. And I thank you for each one uh, who's here today, each individual, each family. And I pray that you would unite our hearts together around this idea of world missions and, and what it is and how we can be a part and how important it is for eternity. I pray that you would guide us through this process and help us in these short minutes now this morning. Uh, to really focus on you, and that I pray that you'd bless our celebration dinner tonight, and we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, God uh, has blessed us with four kids. We have three older teenagers, and we have a three-year-old, and, and when our teenagers were little, uh, we were fairly strict when they were toddlers, and, and uh, I was talking with Amy, we don't really remember when they got out of bed at night to try to sleep with us much, we were, I guess we were just on top of it right away, or maybe they were easy going. I don't know what happened. It just never became a habit. Well, not the case with new little three-year-old. Uh, we have attempted to bribe, coerce, motivate, discipline, whatever word you want to come up with. Nothing has even remotely worked. Uh, every night at about 12.10 in the morning, almost as sure as an alarm clock, uh, here comes Sophie up the stairs with her blanket and climbs up in the bed. And the next five hours are always great for her and horrible for us. Uh, she hates covers, and we really like them. 
Uh, she doesn't mind sleeping horizontally, and we really like to sleep the way the bed has been designed. Uh, here, here's the thing. In the light of day, this is what's crazy. In the light of day, when she's sane, when she's in her right mind, she talks a good game. Uh, Mom and Dad, I'm going to sleep in my bed all night tonight. Right? Uh, I'm going to get a sticker on the sticker chart three days in a row. Yeah, and Cody's going to take me to ice cream. And I'm going to get that million dollars you promised me for staying in bed. Uh, but in the middle of the night, when she is insane and not in her right mind, logic completely fails. And, and there is no way to talk her into anything. She will have none of your treats, none of your stickers, none of your pep talks. In that moment, staying in mom and dad's bed is all that matters. Nothing else exists. And that's kind of how it is. Now, I don't know if you've ever been any, through anything like this in your life. But uh, I really think there are many times where we as, as Christians are similar to Sophie in how we treat faith promise missions. Because we talk a good game and we say things like, Investing in eternity is important. And God has a plan for me to give to missions. And yes, I'm truly blessed when I give by faith toward eternity. But when it comes to the in-the-moment decisions of our lives, all that talk goes out the window. And we spend money on whatever is important in that second. Even if it leaves nothing to give toward eternity. And today, as we get started, I just want to share with you, I don't have any new truths for you. Uh, Jesus expressed in the Sermon on the Mount that laying up treasures in heaven is the greatest opportunity that God's children have on this earth. That hasn't changed in 2,000 years. And it's not going to change until the trumpet sounds for his return. The truth is evident. It's obvious. It makes spiritual sense the difficulty is in keeping the truth. And, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning, how this process works and, and why it is we should be involved in worldwide missions and why every single one of us, even children, I believe, should be involved in this at some way, at some level. And I hope that you'll follow along as we go through this this morning. So 2 Corinthians is our hub. And I want you to go back to chapter 8 for just a moment. We began by saying this this morning, it starts with a heart for God. That's our first idea in our message today. It starts with a heart for God. And if you look back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I want you to notice uh, some things in these first five verses here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God. Now, I circled grace there because uh, giving toward missions really begins with grace. God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. And here's a description of these churches in verse number two. How then in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. Here's what this means. They were dirt poor, and they gave much more than anyone could ever conceive. And they just were, they were liberal in what they did. And it was, it's amazing how God worked. Verse number three. 
For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Did you catch that? To their power, so to their ability, and beyond their ability, they were willing of themselves. So they were willing to give even more than they had. That's a pretty incredible statement. And they were willing to give even more than they had. Verse number four, praying us with much entreaty that we should receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And this they did, this is verse five, I think is the key. This they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. First, they gave themselves to the Lord. This group of Macedonians were able to do much more than anyone but God could have ever foreseen. It all started, though, with their willingness. The first thing that these Macedonians offered to God was themselves. And they were willing to commit even beyond their ability. You know, this model of faith promise giving that we're going to talk about today was evident in the lives of these first century Christians. Here's a basic truth. If God has our hearts, then he will also have the rest of our beings. He'll have our service and our possessions and our time and our effort, etc., etc. Everything about us he'll have. It starts with the heart. If your heart's not in it, then it either won't ever get started or it won't last very long. If your heart's not in something, you will continue to be devoted to it uh, for a very short time. But if your heart is in something, you're going to be devoted to it in spite of the circumstances, in spite of the situational things that come up. A heart for God is the foundation of faith promise giving. A heart for God means that I acknowledge that God is my creator, that everything I have in reality belongs to him. It means that I acknowledge that I am sinful, that there's nothing I can do to save myself. Without him, I am headed for eternal death. But in all that bad news, there is the wonderful hope that Jesus Christ came to this earth for one reason, and that reason was to bring peace between God and man. If I accept his sacrifice for my sins, I receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's the foundation of a heart for God. That's the prerequisite for any other spiritual growth in my life. It's impossible to grow spiritually at all without a heart for God. That's where it all starts. And, and so for, for these people, these Macedonians that are talked about in 2 Corinthians, it started with a heart for God. That's where it starts for us. But then we see this next thing. It proves the sincerity of our love. So still in chapter 8 there, it proves the sincerity of our love. Paul's using this example of the Macedonian Christians to offer a lesson to the highly gifted church at Corinth. And here's what he tells them next. Look at verse number 6. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace, so there's that word again, also. 
Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and all diligence, and in your love to us, see that you abound in this grace also. Now look at verse 8. This is such a unique verse. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. So Paul is teaching them that there is a sincerity in their love that is proven through this type of giving. Now, Scripture teaches us that tithing or giving 10% of your income to God through the local church is something that God uh, has laid out for, for all of us who are his children. And it's something that's expected. In fact, the Scripture quotes it this way, the tithe belongs to the Lord. And if you don't give it to him, he always makes sure that you don't keep it. Uh, you might uh, have things that don't last quite as long. Your tires on your car. Uh, or maybe your appliances have more breakdowns. Or uh, maybe you pay for more doctor visits. And it's not because God's vindictive, but because God wants his children to keep this as a priority. But it, just to let you off the hook here, we're not talking about the tithe this morning. Okay, so you can have a sigh of relief and, yeah, this message is not about the tithe today. But we are talking about something above and beyond the tithe. Faith promise giving is not commanded for the believer. Uh, verse 8 assures us that it is to prove the sincerity of love. It's not a command. Instead, it's an opportunity for us to show real gratitude for the sacrifice Jesus made for us. Look at verse 9. It goes a little further. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. So we're following the example of Jesus. We do this by giving out of what we already have. And verse 12 describes this for us. For if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. Right? Now, when somebody asks you for something, say one of your kids asks you for something, uh, if you have it, it's going to be easier for you to give it. It makes sense, right? If your kid asks you for a sucker and you don't have any suckers, then you're going to say, I don't have any suckers. But if you have some suckers, then not only would you be willing to give it, but your kids find out where they are. Right? And then they, they ask all the time and they will do it until there are no suckers left. And, and for everything that you have, they're going to keep asking. And, you know, the, the way that we give toward Faith Promise Missions God doesn't ask us to give out of what we don't have. God asks us to give out of what we already have. And establishing that in our minds, I think, is kind of the focal point of this part, first part of the message. Uh, because it's easy to give away other people's money. Right? That's why Congress has such a low approval rating. Because they are just fine giving away other people's money. It's easy to talk about what you're going to do when your ship comes in, right? It's easy to talk about, well, if they gave me the million dollars, here's what I'm going to do. 
right? But this isn't a commitment based on future dreams. This isn't a commitment based on fantasy. This is a commitment based on what you already have. Now, if you just said in your mind, you're kind of thinking to yourself, well, I don't have any extra, so I guess it doesn't apply to me. Right? First you told us it's just a suggestion, so I was kind of already out on that. But now you said only if you have extra. I never said only if you have extra. I said it's out of what you have. Okay? I never said the word extra, never talked about any extra. Some of you are playing tricks already in your mind because you know where this message is headed. Right? So you're already kind of uh, moving that direction. I, I want you to rethink your position a little bit. Uh, not because you have to justify anything with me, but because one day you will stand before Jesus yourself to give account of all of his stuff that has passed through your hands. And if you have enough for satellite TV, but none for eternal investment, how's that going to hold up before God? Uh, I'll give a disclaimer on that. I have satellite TV, okay? Just... Letting you know up front. I'm not trying to be self-righteous. I'm not a Pharisee on this. If you have enough for amusements and entertainment and restaurants and coffee shops and ice cream parlors, but none for eternal investment, how will that hold up before God? Remember, you don't have to justify with this with me. I'm a human being like you. I have the same struggles you do. I go to restaurants and coffee shops and ice cream parlors. Okay, but God helped me and my wife realize many years ago that before I do any of those things, I should give by faith toward eternal missions out of what he has provided. Not wait until the end of the pay period or the end of the month, and if I have extra, then I'll give it. That's not faith promise giving. Faith promise giving is realizing what God has given to me and committing to give out of what he's given to me to prove the sincerity of my love. It's not commanded. It's a privilege. It's a blessing. It's an investment. As soon as I get a paycheck, I write out my giving, which includes not only my tithe, which belongs to God, but also my faith promise giving for world missions. And uh, by God's grace... And it's nothing on me. Uh, we've been married since sometime, I don't know, July of some year, uh, 1994. And by God's grace, every year since we've been married, we've been able to increase our commitment to faith promise giving. And if you would have told me when I was, how old was I when we got married? Let me do some math here. If you would have told me when I was 22 years old, what my wife and I together, by God's grace, would be committing toward faith promise missions today, I would have told you that, you know what, you must be really making some bank if you're given that. But I'm not. And, and God has just allowed us to keep increasing year after year after year and, and what we give toward faith promise missions. And I'm not here to throw out numbers or to tell you what any of it is. That's between us and God. But I'm saying this. Because we've been open to proving the sincerity of our love more and more, God has blessed us more and more. And I think that that's what you'll find in your life as well. 
If you're in any relationship with another human being, I know you're aware that words with no actions behind them don't mean much. When we say that God has our hearts, but we aren't ever willing to prove the sincerity of our love, what do our words really mean? James said it this way, faith without works is dead because there's nothing behind it. It's just all talk. And, and so there's a proof here, proving the sincerity of our love. But it goes beyond this. And let's go to this third part, and I want you to see that it is God's plan for a global gospel. Okay, now before you get uncomfortable this morning and start to think that I'm up here trying to get you to do something that you don't really want to do, I want you to clue in on another part of the scripture that is so important on this because God is the one who puts the care for mission works into the hearts of his children. Look at verse number 16. It says, but thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. So God was the one who put this on their hearts. God was the one who put it on the hearts of the Macedonians. God was the one who put it on the heart of Paul. God's the one who put it on the heart of Titus. And now they're asking God to put it on the heart of the church at Corinth. God could have chosen any method he wanted to for supplying the needs of his global servants. That God could have made it where they go out and pick up money off the ground every morning like the Israelites picked up manna in the wilderness. Right? That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Just go out every morning in your lawn and just, just rake it in. And, and God gives you enough just for that day because the manna was just enough for that day, Right? Say, God, if you fill my yard with $20 bills, I would be willing to get rid of it every day. It's, uh, but that's not the way it works. It's not the way it works for us. It's not the way it works for missionaries around the world. Uh, God could have made it where the ravens fly by your house and drop money uh, at your house like he had the ravens do with the prophet Elijah by the brook Cherith, where the ravens flew by and dropped roadkill down and he ate. All right, it's kind of a unique thing too. Uh, God could have made it where missionaries go out to a pond and they go fishing and when they catch a fish, the fish has money in its mouth. Because that's what happened when Jesus had Peter go pay the taxes. He said, go catch a fish and he caught the fish and inside the fish's mouth was enough tax to pay Jesus' tax and Peter's tax. It's crazy. Some of you said, I got to get me a fishing pole. <laughs> right? right? We've got to get fishing. Uh, I actually, how many of you, has anybody ever seen a fish eat money? Have you ever seen a fish eat money? Uh, Dawson has, because I'm going to tell this story about him. Uh, years ago, Dawson and I were on a, his 14-year-old uh, trip. For all of our kids, when they turned 14, we took them on a trip anywhere they wanted to go within the continental United States. And Dawson, he wanted to go to Texas. Now, he wanted to go there because his mother and father subliminally had kind of pushed that that's where he wanted to go because the economy demanded that he go there, okay? And so he went to Texas, and he never knew this before. He's up there like, why? that's why I couldn't go to Washington, D.C. That's why I couldn't go to New York. Um, but we went to uh, the, the Alamo, and uh, it was July 4th, and it was so hot. 
oh my word, it was like 105 degrees and then the humidity on top of it. And we showed up uh, at the Alamo and on the grounds on July 4th, they had free ice cold watermelon. And you should have seen us. We walked across there and we just, we just like we ate two watermelons between us. Uh, and then we walked down on the river walk and, and we found this uh, Mexican restaurant that we wanted to eat at. And we were sitting right by the river walk. And the guy behind us, they were uh, getting ready to pay. And he pulled out his money. And his $20 bill blew into the river walk. Right? I ain't lying. It really happened. And I said, Dawson, you should jump in and get that. And right when I said that, a fish came up out of the river walk and swallowed the guy's $20 bill. <laughs> True story. It actually happened. And uh, they got a kick out of it. And everybody thought it was a fun time. Uh, I don't know what that had to do with missions, but it's very important. So, you know, God can choose any way he wants to provide for his children. And the way that God chose for missionaries to have enough money to do ministry and to live across the world is for his people and churches just like this one to give. And I have a hunch that God chose this method because it so affects the hearts of the givers. And it ties our hearts to eternity. And it cuts the cord between us and the affections of this earth that steal our hearts. I know people who have every toy that you could possibly have to think of. And there's nothing wrong with having toys. You can have every toy that this world has to offer and invest absolutely nothing into eternity. But when you die, the toys stay. And that's all that you have to show for what God has allowed to pass through your hands. Faith, promise, missions, giving is God's plan for a global gospel. And here's how it works according to this passage. Individual Christians promise by faith to give a certain amount a week or a a month or whatever it is, $25 a week or $50 a week or $100 a week. And then they promise to give that to world missions through the local church. The local church then has the ability to collectively support a group of missionaries to represent them across the globe. And right now at Centennial, we have 34 missionaries around the world that we financially support. To continue to support the ones we have, and to potentially be able to support more, I've got a list of ones that I would love to support. And we've, we've got some missionaries we've been really wanting to support for three, four, five years, and we just haven't had the budget to do it yet. And, uh, but by God's grace, we do those things, and we make those commitments by faith, and that's what we're doing today. Before we do that, though, I want you to understand this last part of the message because it's so important. It doesn't depend on us. This fourth part of the message is, it rests entirely on God's provision. It rests entirely on God's provision. We don't commit to this out of our own provision and our own power. We commit to this trusting that God will provide as we continue to give. And even though God places on our hearts a desire to give toward missions, he is the only one able to make this grace abound in our lives. As we give, he gives so much more that we could give again. Look at verse 6 through 8 again in 2 Corinthians 9. It was our text passage. 
Now I just want to go back through it. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. So that means if we barely give any, that God barely releases any. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. If, if we give uh, just a, as much as we could possibly think or even more than we think we could give, that God releases to give more. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. So, so there's a, a purpose that's required here. This isn't just a thing where you say, you know what, if we feel like it on a Sunday, we're going to give $12 toward missions. There's a purpose here that says, I'm going to commit to this. And I'm going to tell God, God, you know what? I'm going to make a priority to give $20 a week to world missions. And if that means that I have to have a McDonald's cheeseburger that week instead of a Red Robin cheeseburger, then so be it. Right? And, and I'm trying to speak in your language, but apparently you people aren't hamburger people. I don't know if we can do it with tacos. Uh, I'm going to have a Taco Bell taco instead of a, uh, what's the taco place? Uh, Chipotle taco, right? No Chipotle? Uh, how about, what's the other one? The one that's closed on Sundays. Anybody know? Costa Vida. You guys like Costa Vida? That's good. That's good. Taco Bell for you this year, right? No Costa Vida. And, all right. And what it's saying is we're promising this to God, and then we're going to arrange our lifestyle and our budget around our commitment instead of the opposite. Instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to have my lifestyle, and then if there's enough, then I've got a commitment. And so in your bulletin today, <clears throat> let's read one more verse first. Let's read verse A, because this is the key verse. By the way, did you catch in verse 7 that you're not supposed to do it grudgingly? Like, okay, God, here's your money, lay off. Okay, that's not the way it is. It's not grudgingly. It's not out of necessity where you say, well, I guess it's my duty, and you throw it at God. All right, God loveth a cheerful giver. Now look at verse 8, because this is the key. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. So when you promise to do this, God is the one who provides you with enough to do it again. He says that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So it's by his provision and it's by his sufficiency that he gives us enough to do this. In your bulletin today, uh, you received a piece of paper, mine tore in half. Looks just like this. And it is perforated. Uh, the top half is the commitment form that we're going to go over in just a second. And the top half is what we actually fill out, and we're going to put it into the buckets that the ushers pass in, in just a few minutes. Those papers, here's why they're important, because they help us as a church to determine what our missions budget can be for the coming year. Now, the bottom half has the All the World logo, and it's the part for you to keep as a reminder of what you promised to God. Let's go over this top part. Uh, if you'll notice on the top part, there's no place for your name. Okay, This is a commitment between you and God. We're not here to, as a church uh, to figure out who's doing what. It's all part of God's will. 
If you can put, though, on that line how much God has laid on your heart to commit to world missions per week or per month for the next 12 months. And then there are some lines to check for various things. Uh, it says, if this is your first time to give to Faith Promise Missions, you say, well, why would I check that? Well, if it's your first time, check that because we want to rejoice in that together. That is a win for all of us, that more people are involved in this kingdom investment that God has for us. Uh, also, if your faith is growing and you're raising your commitment from a previous year, that's also a huge win because your faith is increasing even if your income's not increasing. Uh, God is allowing you to, to say, you know what? This is a priority for me. And last year I tried this out and I did $10. Uh, and, you know, I think God would allow me to do more this year. This week, yeah, in fact, I just opened it this morning. I got a letter from somebody who went to church here uh, several years ago and then had to move during the year. And uh, the letter said, God has been dealing with me because I still had several months left on my missions giving for that year. And uh, because I moved, I never gave it. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm going to give it for these next five months. Uh, that is incredible that, that that happened. And God's the one who put that on that person's heart, okay? Because we didn't, first of all, there are no names, right? You remember that? No names. We didn't know who they were. And even if we did know who they were, we wouldn't call them up and say, hey, you're late on your missions. Okay, we don't, it's not how we work as a church. Yeah, but we don't know who it is, and, and yet God knew who it was. And God went down to this man's heart and said, you know what? You got something you still owe. Yeah, I didn't tell him. God told him. And we want this to be of God. So uh, my faith is growing. Then uh, there's also this part uh, that if you're giving as an individual or a couple, and uh, then a part about age there. And, and really those three are just so we can use demographics a little bit to know that if these commitments are being handed in by kids or teens or adults and, uh, and kind of know how serious to take them because we've had six-year-olds before who said they were going to give $1,000 a week to missions. Yeah, that is a big, that's big faith. I like the big faith. I really like the big faith. But if you, if you have a chance, and if you had a chance now, to fill out that top section, uh, go ahead and tear that part off because we're going to hand it in. And uh, look, if you need the afternoon, maybe you've never seen this before, you don't know about it, maybe you don't even attend here, and we understand that you just happened to come today. That's fine. Uh, but if you need the afternoon to consider some more time on this or to pray together, that's fine. Uh, if you'd like to give it at the international dinner tonight, we'll have a, an opportunity to do that. Uh, if you'd like to hand it in next week, that's okay, all right? This is uh, between you and God. But uh, I do want to caution you. If God's laid something on your heart this morning and you already know what he's laid on your heart, don't put it off. Uh, because you take action on what God wants you to do. Because if it really is from God... He's not going to leave you alone about it. I'd like to ask the ushers uh, to bring the buckets so that we can collect the forms. And to make sure you keep this bottom portion as a reminder of your commitment to the Lord for this coming year. And make sure you write on there what you committed. 
And uh, as the guys come with the buckets, if you want to fold yours in half just to ensure even more privacy, that's just fine. And uh, they're going to be coming through. And if you have had a chance to fill out that top part, yes, ma'am? Sure, give a brief testimony. Three years because of the missions thing. I said, I don't have the money, don't have the money. Finally, my husband and I decided to give, and we only gave $5 a month. Let me tell you something. We are considerably, I won't say what, but considerably, a lot more than that now, and we have never been without. We've been, God has blessed us and brought it back to us tenfold. Mm. So, don't be afraid to give to missions. No, amen. And, and I appreciate that, Dean. We could have many people who I'm sure would testify uh, about your faith promise giving. The, the unique thing about it, as you get up here, I, have, I don't feel pressure or guilt at all to ask you to give to world missions. Because what comes in, it doesn't pay the light bill here. It doesn't pay the gas bill. It doesn't pay salaries here. It goes out to missionaries all around the world. And they're doing the Lord's work, and we're just so pumped up by what God does through Faith Promise World Missions. And I hope you can be involved. Now, if you have any questions about it, maybe you don't know, you don't understand what I'm talking about, yeah, that's fine. And uh, like I said, I, I'm not pressuring you to do anything. Uh, if you have questions, we'd be happy to answer those for you after the service. Tonight at our international dinner, what we'll do is we'll share with you the total amount that's been committed so far. And uh, that's always a special time for us to be able to say as a church together, God's going to allow us to support the missionaries we still have and maybe even take on several more. That would be a tremendous answer to prayer. Let me remind you also uh, that tonight there is a special opportunity at each table uh, during the, the special dinner tonight to give an offering in your table envelope to go to our special guests at the, at the banquet. And our guests tonight are Arturo and Mara Cruz, who lead our Spanish ministry. And we just started that in September, and we really want our church family to get to know them. Uh, he's going to give his testimony tonight, and their kids are going to be singing some songs, and it's going to be a really great event. I hope you can come for that. But each table captain... Uh, at every table, once your table's been allowed to give in that envelope, and I, so I realize some can't give more than 5 or $10, but some of you could give 20 40 And if every table could come up with $100, $200, what a blessing that would be. And, and then each table captain uh, will be able to take the envelope that's been provided and bring it up one by one to Pastor Arturo and his family. And it, it's, I'm always moved by how God works just during that time where the table captains are bringing those envelopes up. And tonight's going to be a special time. Another thing that we'll be doing tonight is sharing with you our short-term missions trip that's for 2017. It's an exciting trip, and I hope that you'll open your heart to be a part of that. Don't miss the international dinner tonight, though. It starts at 530 And if you're able to bring a main international dish and a dessert... If you can't bring any food, you don't have anything, that's okay. We just want you to come. We really do. 
And we want you to support the Ramirez tonight by just your presence and getting to know them and, and learning how to pray for them and love them. Uh, we're going to dismiss in prayer in just a moment. But uh, don't forget, if you could, uh, a few of you, I don't know if, how you could forget so we didn't tell you yet. If we could have 15, 20 people to stay and help set up for the dinner tonight. It's pretty extensive what we have to set up tonight. And uh, Pastor Cole is going to give some announcements in just a second about it and uh, maybe meet with you for a second down here. But we're going to need people in that building and in this building uh, to be moving some stuff and setting some things up. Uh, so if you come right down the front after we dis dismiss in prayer. Uh, so he's going to close us in prayer in just a moment, but he's going to come first and give us a couple quick announcements. And the reason why we uh, are getting out so early today is because I'm being kind to you. Uh, no, it's because uh, we want to leave a little time for the setup and you to be able to still prepare your hearts for the banquet tonight. And we're looking forward to what God has for us. Pastor Cole. All right, so I've got just a few uh, upcoming announcements. Short week here this week with, uh, as far as school and daycare and the church offices with Thanksgiving. And I know many of you probably have Thursday off um, and as well as your kids are out of school. So it's a short week, but a busy week. So there's a lot going on. Uh, but one thing we want to point out to you guys is an opportunity this week we have as a church to serve our community. And on Tuesday at 11 a.m., they're going to do a roundabout dedication. Uh, the mayor's going to be here, I believe, as well as a lot of the city council and, and some people, public servants are going to be here. And this is a great opportunity for us as a church to connect with them um, even prior to our servants, uh, public servant appreciation Sunday that we have in February. And we're going to be telling you more about that as the, the weeks and months come up. But February is a big month where we are going to emphasize serving, especially in our community. But this Tuesday, so if you're not working, I know many of you are working, and you might not have the opportunity to, but if you're retired, or maybe you have the day off, or you've got some time off, or you can even take lunch off and come down here at 11 a.m., they're just going to do a quick ceremony, pastor's going to say a few words, and then we're actually going to serve them lunch. Uh, there's going to be about pretty much all of the workers that worked on this project, from concrete uh, to electrical to whatever it was. If they show up, we're going to serve them. So we're expecting about 50 to 100 people here. We're just going to give them some sandwiches and show them the love that this church has to say, hey, thanks for, for doing what you do in our community and helping beautify the area and make things a little safer um, uh, as far as transportation goes. So if you can be here on Tuesday, that's a great opportunity for you to, to plug into the community and to serve a little bit. And, and speaking of community, this was told to me earlier. It's not a, there's no screen for this. But um, um, some of our students actually went to the PD this week. Uh, the Caldwell Police Department gave some donuts, and they have returned the favor, and there are several boxes of of pears and apples and fruit back there. Uh, so if you want to take some on your way out, take some. Those are from the Caldwell Police Department, and they'll just sit here and rot, but they gave them to us. So um, that's a gift to you from, from the Caldwell Police Department. So grab some on your way out if you, if you want. They're in the foyer back there. Um, secondly, Tuesday as well. So Tuesday at 11 o'clock, we have the roundabout dedication. Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, we have our Thanksgiving service. So there's no Wednesday activities, no Wednesday youth group, no Wednesday Awana, everything's on Tuesday. So we'll just have a, a great evening here at 7 o'clock, about an hour. There'll be some music, some testimonies. And just as we think about the season of being thankful before Black Friday and then we're unthankful, uh, we're going to, you guys are still awake, that's good, that's good. It's actually Black Thursday now because it starts at 6 instead of on, on Friday when it used to start. Where are my Black Friday shoppers? Anybody going to admit to it? There's a couple of them. Yes, we know Tara is and Michaela. Yes, <laughs> I shop a little sometimes. Sometimes I don't. Um, but that's Tuesday. So Tuesday, if you can be here, be a good service. Love to have you here. Wednesday at 1 o'clock, this is a very spiritual and important announcement. 
So whether you are male or female, if you're not doing anything on Wednesday at 1 o'clock, we have our annual turkey bowl. And you can even bring a friend. We've got to get our trophy back. Right now, I believe Grace Bible Church has the trophy. And I don't know how many churches will show up this year. Um, We've had three or four, sometimes just two. We never know. So when the churches show up, we'll have our turkey bowl. It's a fun time just to have um, some community time and, and laugh and and hopefully not get aggressive or angry because it's just flag football. But it is fun, and I'll be there. Um, so if you can come, you're not working, you have that day off, or if you're a teenager or an older adult and you want to play a little bit of an aggressive game of flag football, we would love to have you here for our Turkey Bowl, all right? And then uh, these last uh, three announcements here. Next Sunday night, we start back our men's and women's Bible study. So next Sunday night, the men are going to continue and finish the Stepping Up series we started. We've gotten six weeks into that series. We've got four weeks left. So we're going to finish that up before Christmas gets here. Um, If you've been coming to it, keep coming. If you've never came at all, it's okay. If you missed the first six weeks, we still want to have you. And then ladies, as you can see behind me here, Pulling the Thread. That's the new series you guys are going to be starting. You finished your series, Fear and Faith. So we're going to start a new series for four weeks called Pulling the Thread, and it's about unraveling, um, I can't read back there, sorry, your view of God's calling. So God has a calling for everyone, and sometimes um, and as ladies, no matter what stage of life you're in, um, maybe you lose sight of what God has called you and your purpose is for that stage of life. So this would be a great series. Come next Sunday night, 5.30, and we want to see you here, guys and gals. And then lastly, the candlelight service. You say you're promoting Christmas before Thanksgiving's even here? Yes, we are, because this is a big community event. Wednesday the 21st, this is about four weeks away, and Wednesday the 21st, we're going to have our Christmas production in here, just an hour long. It's going to be a candlelight service with singing, uh, a short um, charge of about 10 minutes before we take communion and remember the season and why we do what we do at Christmas time and not to get sidetracked, because it's not about um, the gifts and everything else that we a lot of times lose sight of. So come on Wednesday the 21st, and then, of course, Christmas is on Sunday the 25th. And then don't forget tonight, Pastor said, our missions uh, banquet. Uh, We want to see you. So if I could get about 15, 20 people who would just volunteer to come down here, I'll give you some quick instructions on what we need to do real quick, and then get you guys out of here so you can get lunch, go home, do all the things that you need to do um, to prep for tonight. All right?